Welcome to Certified Credit's Talk Data to Me podcast, where our FCRA certified experts help you tackle the latest regulations, emerging trends, and unique challenges of the mortgage industry with an intuitive, people-first approach. And of course, data. Because your business is built on more than just a score. Visit CertifiedCredit.com for more information. Certified Credit helps you hone your best practices from lead generation to post-closing QC and everything in between. This is Elizabeth Langbart with Certified Credit's Talk Data to Me podcast. And joining me today is the lovely Nicole Mattiello. She is our VP of Marketing and Corporate Communications here at Certified. And you may have heard her on a previous episode with Kristen Meserly about the next generation of home buyers. If you haven't heard that episode yet, I recommend you check it out. So, Nicole, how are you doing? Hey there. How are you, Allie? I'm great. Also joining us today is the fantastic Paul Blue Robinson, our regional vice president here at Certified Credit. Thanks for joining us, Paul. Uh, yeah, thank you for having me, Allie. So, Paul, for our listeners who aren't familiar with you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, my name is Paul Robinson. I am the regional vice president here at Certified Credit. I've been with Certified Credit for almost seven years now, um, but have been working in the mortgage credit industry almost 23 years now, and I'm excited to um, work on this podcast with you today. Today, we're talking about a conversation that is happening inside of our industry that is a little bit of a hot button issue uh, because of the unsolicited nature, and that is trigger leads. So, Nicole, when we're talking about trigger leads from the customer perspective, you know, mm -hmm. we pull a credit report. They end up getting that onto their file, and then they start getting calls from several other lenders. Right. What does this look like for that consumer? Yeah, you know, Ali, that's a great question. And I think, so the first thing that really needs to be understood about trigger leads is, is kind of where they originate. So when our customer, when a lender goes through the process of pulling credit on the borrower, a hard credit pull is going to produce a hard inquiry. And really what that means is it's going to alert the not just the consumer but others on the credit file that the, you know this credit report had been pulled. So a trigger is really the effect of uh, another lender purchasing that information. And so what happens to the consumer from their point of view is, hey, you know, I uh, I'm in the process of looking for a house or maybe I'm refining, and you know I have started talking to a loan officer, this particular lender, and I'm, I'm probably just getting comfortable with them, right? I may or may not necessarily have kind of an established relationship. Maybe I work with them in the past or, you know, on the other hand, I just found them because I was shopping around for rates or maybe, you know, my, my real estate agent made the recommendation like, hey, you should work with my partner. Um, they do an excellent job. And so you're kind of just getting familiarized with this lender and, you know, they pull your credit and then bam, all of a sudden you're getting phone calls. You're, you're getting all these unsolicited um, conversations with other lenders that are in there saying, hey, wait, I've got a better offer for you, right? <laughs> Something along those lines. And if you're the consumer, this can feel, um, well, I, I think it can feel a couple of ways, right? On one hand, maybe you're like, oh, well, this is convenient. Uh, and you start engaging in this conversation and maybe you end up deciding to go with a different lender after all. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, that's one potential outcome. And I think for our customers, we're all pretty aware that, that that's not an ideal situation. Um, in today's market. Well, and it's really interesting when you're talking about this, it doesn't only impact a new mortgage. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm thinking about my own personal experience here. When I went to refinance, 
I, you know, started refinancing with the bank that I currently have my mortgage. And right. then a couple days later, I get a call from another lender and then another lender. And I'm thinking <laughs> to myself, I'd really like to work with, you know, the bank where my mortgage currently is because I don't want to switch all my payment methods. I don't want to make yeah. all these changes. And simplicity, it, right? Yeah, it, it kind yeah. of gets a little bit um, irritating having to, to block a bunch of numbers and say, hey, right. you know, I'm not really interested. I already have someone I'm working with. And so I could see how from the consumer side, it could be a little a little annoying, but it can also, yeah. you know, impact our lenders. So Paul, on the other side of the coin, can you clarify, you know, what do these trigger leads look like and how do they work for a lender? Great question. So a mortgage trigger lead uh, is actually a kind of a pre-screen service that's offered directly by the credit bureaus. And lending institutions can subscribe to this service directly with each of the credit bureaus. And how it typically works is, um, you know, if a consumer applies for a mortgage and that consumer um, that, that's applied for the mortgage fits the criteria that's been requested by the subscriber or the lending institution, um, then that borrower's information is actually passed back on to the lender, um, meaning the name, uh, contact information, and um, sometimes can also include some of their uh, current loan information. Once that's sent on to the lending institution that subscribes to the service, they, they do have to send out a firm offer of credit letter to the borrower. So Paul, given that definition of a trigger, we know that we offer products to do something very similar. You know, Cascade Alerts lets a lender know whenever their past client is in the market for a new mortgage product and they've had that inquiry on their credit report. So is this the same as the triggers that you're talking about? And I wanna make sure that you know you do know the difference between this is a trigger lead versus a client retention lead, which is some more on the retention side is somebody that the, the lending institution has already worked with. So they are two completely different type of triggers. Right, so actually to Paul's point, one of the differences for us with, you know, the way we look at these is that a, a trigger lead versus Cascade Alerts product is actually pretty different. Um, you know, Cascade Alerts, it's it's really a whole different structure. It's, it's customer retention mode. And that's really where it's focused. It's focused on that customer retention piece, portfolio monitoring, your existing relationships that you've established. So rather than actually um, someone kind of getting in there and getting involved right as you've taken over, or right as you've started this process, it's more, oh no, this is my customer. I currently have them. Back to what you said earlier, Ali, in fact, about you know your existing bank that you're trying to work with. It's making sure Cascade Alerts lets our customers know that, hey, your customers are out there looking for a new loan. So you can, you can kind of help them through that process and be aware. Um, and hopefully you've established yourself that way in a great relationship. You've worked with them in the past and um, so that's a really great opportunity. And another difference actually is that it's not a firm offer of credit product. Um, so that's very different from the triggers, which really are focused that way. And uh, it, it just operates a little bit differently for our customers. So given the understanding now that we have about the difference between a client retention product and triggers, can you clarify for us, Paul, who are using these triggers and why are they using them as part of their business strategy? So basically anybody that um, when it comes to mortgage triggers, it, it could be a credit union, a mortgage broker, 
a bank, a lender, um, ultimately anybody providing the mortgage services. Um, from what we've seen, you know, keep in mind, it, it really, since leads are very expensive, um, you know, it really depends on the company's budget that they have for these lead generation tools. So you might find that it's, um, you know, probably more the larger lending institutions. So, you know, listening to our conversation here, it definitely sounds like these triggers are a little bit frustrating to both borrowers and lenders alike. So can you just clarify for us, why are these trigger leads allowed? Uh, that's another great question, Ali. Um, so the Federal Trade Commission does actually think that mortgage trigger leads are good for the consumer. Um, they think that the um, the consumer, you know, has more options to choose from. And um, while at the same time, the Federal Trade Commission does think this is good for the borrower, they also do want um, borrowers to be aware of, of scams that are in the industry. Um, I've heard many stories um, that some of the folks that are purchasing these leads are misleading when they're contacting the borrower, whether that's with the type of products that they offer or even just misrepresenting themselves, um, letting the borrower think that they work for the institution that um, they've already applied for in the first place. Right. And, you know, Paul, actually, that's all of that is really a great point to kind of call out. And, you know, I think it's certified credit. We've really tried to take our clients feedback to heart. And so, you know, we've chosen not to sell, resell these trigger leads from the bureaus to our customer base. Now, others may have chosen to go that route. That's, you know, we understand, but we're kind of looking at it from the perspective of, we know how hard you're working to find a client and retain their business. And so we've kind of just structured our operations a little bit differently and, and we steer clear of, of selling the, the trigger leads. But, um, you know, I know actually many years ago, the CDIA, they published a resource that really kind of explains the whole thing. It, it's pretty interesting to read. And um, Ali, I think we have that somewhere. If if we could maybe tag we do. that. Yeah, absolutely. I'll throw that into the show new notes for our listeners. Um, and I would I would recommend giving it a read. I know that being newer to the industry, um, as this has been a hot topic, I've been reading more and more, and it does a really nice job of outlining what is a trigger lead, how does this work for a lender, um, how does this work for a consumer, and then you know what information is allowed to be shared. Why is it allowed to be shared? How can it be shared? And uh, really outlines nicely the federal regulations around trigger leads. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be a great one to, to include. All right. So, Nicole, we're talking about these federal laws regarding trigger leads. Are consumers protected by law at all when it comes to trigger leads? Um, well, you know, there are a few states that have kind of um, gotten involved and passed some laws to address the mortgage triggers um, over the years. And honestly, this is a thing that's been going on uh, for a while. Um, but yeah, they, they do wanna ensure that the consumers are protected and that they can still get competing offers is kind of the way that the government is looking at it um, because they are considering it that it, it may help to save some money. Uh, and so that feels like, you know, a reasonable thing to do for the consumer from the government standpoint. So mm -hmm. yeah, there are, there are definitely a few um, laws that are out there. Um, and I know there's some, been some different talk uh, in Congress of, of maybe passing some other laws, but they, they tend to have stalled out. So um, as of now, it, it's just a process that we all kind of have to work within uh, and try to best help the consumer through it. And then, uh, you know, in addition to that, I would say that 
consumers definitely have, you know, something to to say, so to speak, in the the conversation about triggers. They, you know, we're we're talking about the different ways that they can, um, you know, prevent them, what they can do. You know, there's the do not call lists that the government offers that they can prevent themselves from, you know, getting those unsolicited phone calls. And then again, they, they opt out of the pre-screen marketing um, that we've discussed as well. Right. And as a lender, that becomes, you know, a primary focus whenever you are looking at starting new business, right? You know, mm -hmm. manufacturing a new mortgage. So Paul, can you talk to us a little bit how lenders can prevent trigger leads from impacting their business? Well, there's not many options for lenders to prevent trigger leads. Um, a couple things I recommend my my customers do is, you know, number one, educate the borrower. Um, let them know that, um, you know, be honest about trigger leads. Then when they have their credit pulled, they may be solicited multiple times after their credit's pulled. And just kind of reassuring them that, you know, they really are getting the best deal with them there. The other option a lender can do there is not necessarily avoid or prevent the trigger, um, but kind of delay the trigger. And they can do that by pulling um, a prequal soft pull at the beginning to kind of set up the file. That'll buy them a few days there to go ahead and get the loan set up and get a good idea of the borrower's um, credit and their credit worthiness um, to move forward with that loan. Right. And, you know, I actually, I think too, it's a workflow consideration, honestly. Um, I think a lot of times it's, it's the sort of thing where, you know, if you haven't really considered the process or the flow, when you're pulling credit for someone, you may not realize that you're kind of creating these triggers in, in the background, right? They're kind of happening underneath the surface. So if you structure your process in that you're working with like a soft pull prequal, right? Probably just one mm -hmm. bureau. Um, or, you know, there's a solution that we have that's the, the cascade prequal solution. And so it'll actually automatically upgrade that report through the process to, to capture just the things you want. And you don't necessarily have to um, pull a full uh, tri-merge prequal, right? You can just, you can hit it in certain ways to uh, eliminate certain types of um, things you don't want. Maybe you don't want anybody with bankruptcies or credit score under this or whatever the case may be. So you can kind of upgrade that through the process and then stop, right? And when you get to that point that you feel like this, this consumer is someone you're gonna be able to work with, that's when you really go through that opt-out process, right? And you talk to them and you show them and you say, hey, this is what we need you to do. You give that five days, right? You let that get through the system, work its way in. They will then be uh, you know, eliminated from those pre-screen offers. Then you can go ahead and pull that tri-merge credit report and you're not gonna to have to worry about them getting these other competing offers coming in. So, Whenever you're doing that five day before opt out, if mm -hmm. I do that opt out once, do I have to do it ever again as a consumer? Well, you know, that's a really great question, Allie. And uh, unfortunately you do, <laughs> <laughs> you do, but uh, they Man, do have a I'm little bit. Myself, I do it once I'm done next time I apply <laughs> for a mortgage. I'm not going to have to go through this. No, unfortunately they, they do have a uh, timeline where they start to run out. And so you have to kind of uh, re-up them again um, within five years. So it, okay. it is a five-year window that they've got. So, you know, they, they will be protected for a little bit, um, which is good because, you know, if you get them back in a few years for a refi or something like that, they wouldn't need to go back through. So, mm -hmm. you know, perhaps you already, you can log that some way and, and know for a fact that they're already set and um, go ahead and just jump to a different type of a, a product rather than the prequal. But 
yeah, it, it, it is a process where, you know, it takes the five days to get in there. It's easy to remember five days to get in the system and then five, five years for that opt out to last. Five and five. five well, and five. that makes it, that's a good thing to work into your workflow because then every time you speak with a consumer, it's part of your habit. It's, yes. hey, before we do this poll, let's make sure that you're opted out. Mm-hmm. And on the flip side, you were talking a little bit about Cascade Prequal, Nicole, and something that we don't think about when we're talking about triggers, because we're thinking about getting to that end goal of a, of a tri-merge. Right. But that component where maybe you do that soft pull and you don't want to do the hard pull right away, one, because you don't want to alert the competition, but two, because you might, that borrower might not qualify right now. That's so a great what are some of those other things that people can be doing when they do pull that initial prequal that could potentially get that customer ready to have a hard pull happen and, and complete the loan or manufacture the loan? Yeah, that's a great question, Ali. So I think you definitely do want to, you know, if you have a, an option to set up um, something like the Cascade prequal where you can really only eliminate the the situations you know you can't work with, right? You want to, those people that are on the cusp and they're almost there, you don't want to get rid of those. You you only really want to try to eliminate ones that would definitely be fallout. There's no point moving forward. You can't recoup the cost um, of that credit report. So that's kind of the way you structure that. Then when you get that prequal and you know where that borrower is at, you can kind of quickly take a look and say, okay, you know, if we ran credit expert, for example, on some of these um, trade lines or, you know, mm-hmm. what do we know is in process? If they say, well, you know, I did just make a, a significant payment on this credit card or whatever the case may be, you can go ahead and, and run those scenarios and then take a look at, okay, well, where, where will they end up if I give them just a little bit of time or if I give them a little bit of coaching or maybe they're not ready now, maybe five days actually for them isn't going to be quite enough because they have to work on that credit score to get to be in the best position for, for the loan package they want. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you really take that time and you can even run, you know, the what if similar pro- simulator program is pretty cool because you can really even simulate that out a few months. So if you know, it might take a little time, it's going to take two months or three months. You can test that out and see what is their credit going to look like then. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's a pretty reliable algorithm and that you can, you know, kind of set your sights then on that new target. And in the meanwhile, they can do the opt out. And, you know, you really have held their hand through a situation that otherwise might feel a little bit overwhelming to them. And they don't know, you know, if they're going to qualify or they're not quite there. And, you know, not only will you have prevented the competing offer from the trigger, but I think you've really established yourself as their partner and they're going to care a lot more about, you know, trying to work with you and wanting to um, trust that, you know, you have their best interests at heart. Absolutely. It really sounds like they're, you're being their partner and- you're helping to not only, you know, nurture their business now, but help with that client retention down the line and help with mm-hmm. referral business. So being that true partner really can help you in, in both aspects. One, it they'll take difference. your advice to heart and, and opt out for these triggers. But number two, at, when they're going to refi or they're going to pull their net or they're going to apply for a new mortgage on a new home, they are going to come back to you. Absolutely. Definitely agreed. You know, Paul, we're talking about this opt-out process and it makes me think, can you walk us through what that opt-out process looks like on the consumer side? You know, we've mentioned that you need to do it five days before the poll, but what does that actually look like for the customer? So there's a couple really good ways the borrowers um, can go ahead and protect themselves from receiving these solicitations right after their credit's pulled. 
Um, the two routes I would recommend, uh, the first one is to have, you know, have the borrowers go to do not call.gov. They can go ahead and opt out there from all the spam phone calls and solicitations. The other option is to go ahead and have them uh, go to www.optoutprescreen.com. Um, now they do have to do this three to five days before the lender or the lending institution pulls their credit, but this will also help uh, ensure that their name does not um, go ahead and get added to one of those trigger lead lists to be sold. This is some great advice for our lender partners and their borrowers on how they can prevent the impacts of these trigger leads. So I want to thank you for joining me today to talk about this topic. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to our experts here. We're always here to help you. Nicole, Paul, thank you so much for oh, joining me today. Thanks, Allie. It was so great being here. Appreciate it as always. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, I hope you have a both have a wonderful day. And uh, for more information, you can visit certifiedcredit.com. Bye. Thanks for listening to Certified Credit's Talk Data to Me podcast. With over 35 years of industry experience, Certified Credit is your multifaceted mortgage solutions partner. Learn how our commitment to passionate service, innovative products, and superior technology create a more profitable and efficient lending environment for our clients at certifiedcredit.com. Certified Credit, more than just a score.